Welcome to Crummer Connections podcast series. I'm your host, J.B. Adams. In this series, I'm talking with Crummer alumni and inviting them to share their accomplishments, challenges, and best business advice. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Consistently ranked as the number one MBA in the state of Florida, the Crummer School offers a variety of educational programs to prepare you to become a global, responsible business leader. The Crummer Graduate School of Business, experience excellence. Today's guest is Natalie Hayes Schmuck. She graduated from Crummer with her MBA in 2006 and her career in private wealth management started at SunTrust Bank. She went on to receive her certification as a financial planner in 2009 and she left corporate banking in 2013. In 2018, she became the founder and owner of Hayes Wealth Advisors, LLC, a financial planning and investment management service for optometrists, optometry practice owners, and their families. Natalie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I'm honored to be here. Now, in a moment, we're going to talk more about Hayes Wealth Advisors and the work that you do, but I just want to start with uh, your relationship with the Kramer Graduate School of Business. You have continued to stay involved as an alumnus. I'm trying to. Um, my husband and I are both alumni of Crummer. Um, we met there and we have made a point to try to find ways to stay involved, whether it's through career services or um, I help with the venture plan competition annually. So it's been uh, neat to find ways to stay involved with the school. Something for every alumnus to think about. So Hayes Wealth Advisors is a company that you founded just two years ago. And you work with optometrists. Tell us how you serve them. Uh, so very simply, I do financial planning and investment management, uh, mostly for optometric practice owners. So optometrists who own their own uh, business. Um, so I work with them with retirement planning and making sure risk management is in line um, and helping them meet their long-term goals for themselves and their families. And do you have a certain a certain region that you serve or are you finding optometrists all around North America? What's your territory? Nope. I, um, as long as they're in the United States of America, I will work with them. I have uh, clients from Hawaii all the way to Virginia beach. All right. Uh, I have to acknowledge that this session is being taped in June of 2020 and every business person is having to adapt to the pandemic. Tell us how the pandemic has affected your business and what you did. So for my business, it actually hasn't had much of an impact. I, I actually conduct all of my meetings with clients the way that we're meeting right now over Zoom. Um, so whereas a lot of advisors are struggling to find ways to communicate or stay in touch with their clients and they feel like they can't play golf or go to their house, uh, I'm able to do what I've always been doing, which has been really fortunate and there's a little less of a learning curve. So that's been good. Um, uh, on the flip side, not a lot of people want to do retirement planning in the middle of COVID-19. So uh, that it's been a little slower than normal, but not, not, not a complete standstill. I do want to find out what do you love about doing wealth management with optometric uh, practices? I really love helping people. Um, every job I've had that I've loved, that's been a common thread. And there's nothing like telling people 
who are nervous about their futures, that they have a plan in place to help them sleep at night and get where they want to go. Uh, to me, that is the most rewarding uh, side of my job. Um, but I also really like being analytical and working with business owners allows me to dig in deep and create interesting spreadsheets. So it keeps me intellectually satisfied as well. You can hear the passion in your voice. Uh, <laughs> so Natalie, I've got some fast facts for you. Uh, first, where were you born? Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, and where were you raised? Uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, I do want to find out what were the business influences that shaped you as a young person growing up in Jacksonville? Um, well, so probably mostly my, my dad. He was a serial entrepreneur, started a series of businesses. He, he originally was an optometrist, um, had his own practice in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and started a company um, that did postcards for optometrists and dental practices. Um, probably the first company did that, um, still around today, owned by Staples. Uh, then moved to Florida. And ever since I was old enough to stuff an envelope or a, a, a folder packet, I worked for his businesses, uh, labeling addresses, anything that I could do um, to help out and make money. So that was really impactful to be a part of that and see him design and build businesses that were ultimately quite successful. So your dad was an optometrist, but he built multiple businesses that serve other optometrists. Just curious, did your dad also get a business education or did he just work to figure this out on his own? Nope. My dad um, is from a small town in Sugarlock, Mississippi, kid of a single parent mother household, uh, went to LSU for a couple of years and didn't graduate, although he's a really big Tiger fan, went to uh, optometry school and started his own practice. So no real world experience, but uh, what he was really good at was finding a need and filling it. That's if it's the voice in my head, find a need and fill it. Um, so, and wasn't afraid to take risks. So that worked out really well for him. And, and I know your dad is a role model to you in other ways beyond just being a serial entrepreneur. Yes. So um, even though he worked quite hard growing up and was in his office till late at night, a lot of times um, he was my basketball coach. He shot horse with us outside. He came to all my running meets. Um, he was really, in my opinion, there for me as a parent. And I think that's hard to do as a um, entrepreneur, but probably easier in the sense that he got to make the rules. And so if he wanted to go somewhere, he could. And that's something that in corporate America, you don't necessarily have the opportunity to do. Yeah, there, there's a running theme in your story in the difference between corporate America and owning your own business. So uh, when you decided to become an entrepreneur, the values of your dad, uh, you know, rubbed off on you in what ways? Um, well, I think I didn't start my first business thinking that it would be easy. Um, I work really hard. I'll work till, I mean, you've got emails from me last night at nine o'clock and that was a Sunday. Um, so there's no time that's off limit for getting things done. Um, but it also means that I get to carve out time for my family, which is sometimes hard to do. Um, it means during COVID-19, I can adjust my workload and my work schedule or not market so hard so that I have the ability to take care of my kids because they're home. So it just gives you flexibility and um, financial flexibility as well. I can go work 
in the mountains if I want to. So it's, it's, um, that was really impactful for me growing up. And I certainly, that has been a factor in my decision-making to form my own business for sure. Uh, being an entrepreneur is sometimes a risky business. Tell us about one of the uh, challenges that your dad faced. Um, well, when he turned a large aged landmark, there was a cake and it had a flag for every business he had ever started. And there were probably only six or seven flags on there that were successes out of 30 or 40 flags. So and not everything he did turned to gold. Um, there were a lot of failures along the way. One of the biggest ones um, was he started a optometric.com <laughs> back in the late 90s. Um, I had the pleasure of working there. That was a real warning, learning, ex warning experience, learning experience. I uh, got millions of dollars in venture capital funding and ultimately ended up busting because the market fell apart and it couldn't keep the, nobody wanted to put more money into it. It's still around today. It got sold off to somebody for next to nothing. Um, but yeah, I think the thing about failure that I've learned from my personal experience is that you learn or his experience as well. You learn so much for it from it about what your values are or how to approach things next time. Um, what worked, what didn't work. So I failure, I know that it's a cliche, but it really is the best learning experience because it is the one that stings the most and has the most emotion caught up in it. So that that's the best way to view failure is as a learning experience. Exactly. Uh, in a little bit, we're going to hear more about some successful failures. Uh, but when we come back, we will learn more about Natalie's Crummer experience. Stay tuned. We are back with Natalie Hayes Schmuck talking about her Crummer experience. Now, we do this at this point in the narrative because Natalie was an early advantage student as she attended Crummer during her bachelor's degree. And so when you were seeking a college and a degree, what was on your mind? What were you looking for? Well, I always knew I wanted a business degree because that could take me anywhere. It, you know, it's hard to go from psychology to business, but from business to psychology, you probably do that. So um, I felt like it was the best path. I also knew I wanted to do a 3-2 program. Uh, I, tremendous foresight on my part that probably didn't matter, but I figured if I graduated and went to work and wanted to have children, it would be really hard to go back and get an MBA later. Not impossible, but really hard. Um, and I, I thought correctly that it would help me determine what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and it, one of those where I can always drop out of the 3-2 program, but you can't necessarily get in. So um, I always knew I wanted to do that. I, I love the certainty in your voice. Um, in a moment, we're going to talk about your Crummer experience, but right now we're going to play Crummer Insider Free Association. I'm going to read you a list of prompts. Uh, most of these are just whatever comes off the top of your head. Some of them might ask you to share an opinion. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. Okay, here's the first one. I started my Crummer education in the year... 2004. I finished classes and graduated in the year... 2006. 
Um, there were this many students in my cohort. 40 to 50. Okay, good. My cohort was known for being... Interested in real estate. This back in 2006. You, you gave a very thoughtful answer. Um, for our international study, we went to this place. Slovakia and Hungary. The thing that made the greatest impression on me during our international trip was... There were two things, and I'm going to be careful about my order here. The first one is I went on my first date with my husband, so that would be one, um, number one. And then the second is I, um, I went running with one of the professors because I didn't want to go running by myself in um, Slovakia, and he absolutely left me in his dust. I mean, he, I was dying at the end of that run, and I ran cross-country in college, so uh, that was quite memorable for me. And the name of that professor was? Dr. Jim Johnson. My favorite course was? Entrepreneurship. Uh, who was the professor for that? Uh, Michael Bowers. Uh, I had him as well. Um, my favorite professor was? Probably Dr. Johnson or Dr. Serto, one of those two. They were all great. Natalie, thanks for playing free association with me. These are items that any Crummer student can relate to. And I think, uh, you know, that makes all of us approachable with this experience, a uh, challenging but fun learning experience. Um, I, I know that you had a, a work experience. I don't know if it was an internship, but you had a work experience while you were in school. Was this undergraduate or graduate school? Uh, both. Okay. I, I took any job I could at Rollins. I catered and um, filed for a attorney's office and worked for the international business department. But the most meaningful thing I did is uh, one of a Crummer alum, Tom Powell, Thomas Powell, uh, had me come help. He was in executive recruiting in the mortgage banking industry in the mid 2000s. So going gangbusters. And so he needed help um, reading resumes and filing things and um, um, looking at atlases to figure out if people lived close enough to the job that was being offered, if you can believe it. This mm -hmm. was before MapQuest. And um, he, I started working there and, and had the opportunity to move up um, from filing to reviewing resumes to listening in on calls with candidates to actually being an executive recruiter myself um, and recruited more support role positions. But also uh, I did a full team um, recruit from one company to another. And it was an incredible experience to have that much responsibility when I was in college and graduate school. It sounds like he really trusted you with a lot of responsibility. God bless him. He did. <laughs> I worked really hard though. I mean, I did the same as I do now. I get home, be done with classes, pull up my computer, start emailing people, answer emails. So I tried to live up to his expectations out of any of his employees, not just a young one. Mm -hmm. And uh, from that, what, what, what kind of advice would you give to a current student who's looking for an opportunity? Um, anytime you have an opportunity, um, always ask to do more and always look around and see what you can be doing that nobody's asking you to. I mean, that's how you move up in life. It's not the people who just do their jobs. It's the people who go beyond their jobs. Wow. Excellent advice. When we come back in a moment, we will talk about uh, Natalie's post-Crummer career. Back in a moment. We are back with Natalie Hayes Schmuck. 
the uh, founder of Hayes Wealth Advisors. And in this segment, we're going to talk about her post-Crummer career, how she applied what she learned to a, a variety of experiences. And we're going to start with right after you graduated from Crummer, you went into wealth management uh, for a big bank. Um, after I graduated, I came up to Atlanta uh, and went to work for SunTrust Bank in their private wealth management division. Uh, I had the opportunity to interview with the advisor who had at the time what I believe was the largest book of business in the company. It was $1.2 billion of assets under management. And he hired me to be his analyst. And I eventually worked my way up to talking to clients and up to being an advisor, um, primarily advising the second and third generation of multi-generational family wealth. So think 20 and 30 year olds with millions of dollars on um, how to make their money work for them and last their lifetime. What was uh, one of your biggest takeaways from that experience working at SunTrust? You know, I never moved past an advisor. I think one of the reasons I left was because I didn't know what was next. And one thing that I could have done better was to learn how to be more nimble within the organization, network better, uh, learn about different roles. I think I would have been happier if I had made a better effort to figure out what else was out there in the world of SunTrust. Yeah, in a corporate environment, the network is what will take you to the next level. But you didn't stay at SunTrust. Uh, there's a period of time between 2013 and 2018 where I'm, I'm just going to use these words. You went on an adventure. Those are the right words. That is for sure. <laughs> uh, earlier, you mentioned that you met Eric Schmuck as a student at the Kramer Graduate School of Business. And some people meet uh, when they're in college and they, you know, they maybe don't know what they have in common, but the two of you had in common that you were both business majors. Yeah. So, um, I think back to the summer that we started dating and, uh, we would sit at his parents' house and try to think of business plans to make a big company that would make lots of money. We start. we thought of one called grant right now, a grant writing service. There was no scale, but it was an interesting idea. Um, so from a really early on in our relationship, we both had a passion for entrepreneurship and business and building something. And so it just so happened that we enjoyed building things together. And that is uh, sort of planting the seeds for this adventure that you decided to take. And this was brought about um, as a result of the Great Recession? That's right. So uh, Eric also works for a bank. He works for Regions in their corporate banking division. And um, back in 2008, we would sit on our couch every Sunday and watch the news to see if we had a job to go to the next day. It was, a, it was actually a really scary time for two kids that had just bought their first house and were two years into their career. So um, we decided early on that we were over-concentrated in banking and that uh, we wanted to find a way to diversify and we couldn't think of any really good business ideas at the time. So we started looking at franchises and uh, we got really close with sports clips. We went to Discovery Day and decided not to go down that path. And so Eric was doing spearheading most of that work and he found a women's only gym that had been around since the 60s 
and they were looking to expand their model through franchising. Maybe though, what an established business. And um, so we bought the rights to multiple locations, uh, took us I think two and a half years just to find the first one. And we did. And so in 2013, I left my great job at SunTrust Bank as a financial advisor to open a women's only gym for $15 a month to join. So uh, it was definitely a a little bit of a 180. Yeah. And uh, at its peak, how many uh, locations were you operating? Thank God, just one. Um, we, yeah, it, it limped along for a couple of years. Um, it, I was working, I mean, 60 to 80 hours a week. It was really hard. Um, and finally, we decided um, I was pregnant with our second child. I wasn't home at nights because that's when people go to the gym. And we decided that we were going to divest of what was left of it and um, move on. And uh, what was your takeaway from that experience? I'm almost at a point where I can say I'm really glad I had that experience. It was it was very painful, actually. Um, but the two things I learned were to always be forward looking with your business model, not backward looking. This was when Orange Theory was coming out, but we looked backward instead of forward. And then the other thing is to trust your gut and to work with people you like to work with. I think that was my gut was not into the model or the business from the beginning, but you know, we did it together and made the decision together. So, um, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda, but now I know. You divested from the franchise business and you had to uh, figure out what was going to be next. What were the criteria that helped you make this decision? How did you find your way? Well, I wanted very, very badly to buy something. Um, I looked at a mold remediation company. I looked at a Meineke. We, I walked away from franchises for once and for all from that after that. Um, I wanted very badly to buy something that was up and running that I could learn. Um, but nothing really seemed like it was a good fit for what I was passionate about and my skill set and expertise. And my dad has been asking me to do wealth management for optometrists since I was working at SunTrust. He said, find a need and fill it. And these guys really need it. So I finally decided, you know what? This is something I can start slow. I still have young children. I can work from home, which uh, you can see I'm doing. And it, and I love doing it. I really do. Um, I just like doing it on my own terms where I get to spend as much time with clients as I want to and um, prioritize based on what people's needs are rather than bank revenue. So, um, yeah, so I landed right back where I started. Uh, I know you love it. And as I said earlier, you can hear the passion in your voice, but you are running the business and it's, it's not always easy. Tell us what's hard about it. Um, everything (laughs) I do. I'm the chief compliance officer and I'm the marketing person and I'm the person who has to make photocopies and I do my own books and, um, I have to do everything and that is quite hard. Yeah. And what makes it all worth it? So, So what really makes it all worth it is I'm not just building a business. I'm building a life. Uh, in the context of everything that we've discussed, and your relationship to the Crummer Graduate School of Business. Tell us, how do you think Crummer made you a different person? Crummer made me better prepared for the real world than undergraduate did. Um, 
remember I was an EA MBA, so those go together for me. Um, and it's also really nice to know that I have a very interesting network of alumni. I follow most of my class on Facebook and while I'm not active friends with too, too many of them, um, I know I can pick up the phone any day and call any number of really interesting connected people um, and have a good conversation. Yeah, it's an extended family. If there were any prospective students listening to the show today, what advice would you give to them about considering an MBA? Um, well, we talked a little bit about knowing what you want to do. And while I knew I wanted to do business, I didn't know what that meant. And getting your MBA just introduces you to a much bigger world than having a marketing degree or a business degree would. Um, it just helps you see all the different pieces and how they work together. Um, and that's something I don't know where else you could get except for through an MBA. Exactly. Uh, Natalie, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and get into touch with you, how should they reach you? I'm on LinkedIn. Might take me a minute to answer messages, but it's Natalie Hayeschmuck. Um, and you can always find me at hayeswealthadvisors.com. My email address, my direct email address is on there as well. Natalie, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a great pleasure hearing your stories. And uh, I'm excited to find out what happens next in your career and in your life. Thanks so much, JB. It really is an honor being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Now is a great time to consider enhancing your career success by pursuing an advanced degree in business. And the Crummer School offers a variety of educational programs to help you become a global, responsible business leader. To learn more about the programs and begin the application process, go to crummer.rollins.edu. The Crummer Graduate School of Business, experience excellence. Thanks for listening. I'll be back again soon with another episode. Crummer Connection podcast series is a production of Victor Media Group. It's the mission of Victor Media Group to make the world a better place by making ourselves better people. If you like this show, follow us at Victor Media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today's show was created and hosted by J.B. Adams, executive produced by Gerard Mitchell, with production by Jeremy Harmson and production assistance by Gerardo Abreu. Our gratitude goes out to Mike Brown and Loveland Finley in Alumni Relations for their gracious help and support. Until next time, Fiat Lux.